This podcast is brought to you by MonthlyChallenge.fit. It's like Weight Watchers better help and the biggest loser had a baby. Check it out, MonthlyChallenge.fit. Today on episode number 308 of the Logical Weight Loss Podcast, I'm going to ask you to take inventory of how you feel right after you eat something as well as while you eat something. We've got some updates on Fitbits and some little fun from BuzzFeed about things you do at the gym. Welcome to the Logical Weight Loss Podcast, where we take a no-nonsense approach to weight loss. We left our excuses in the past, and we've forgiven ourselves for abusing the gift that is our bodies. From this point forward, our health is more important. We will stay focused. We will stay determined. We will sacrifice now knowing that it's not going to be easy so that we can live a better tomorrow. We understand that weight loss is a marathon, not a sprint. It's about making lifestyle changes and that the only person who can stop you is you. You know where you are now and you know where you want to be. The new you begins today. Let's go. I just want to be thin. I don't deny it thin. I want to try it thin. But I can't buy it. Guess I'll have to do to die it thin. Won't tell you lies thin. I won't smaller thighs thin. But I realize I guess I'll have to All right, welcome to the Logical Weight Loss Podcast. I'm your host, Dave Jackson, from the School of Podcasting.com. If you're new to the show, look, I'm not a doctor, I'm not a trainer, I'm just a person like you in the basement trying to lose some weight. And uh, as I mentioned, I am from the School of Podcasting.com, and we're here to talk weight loss and fitness. But if you're thinking of starting a podcast, the School of Podcasting is wide open. And uh, you can find that at schoolofpodcasting.com. Use the coupon code LISTENER. But what I want to talk about, oh, I always uh, give you my progress, which is not good. Uh, I will say that here. I am up a pound, 1.4 pounds. And that's why I've like, okay, what lessons have I learned from this here? Number one, I got shipped out of town. And we've got to find a better answer for that. But part of it was on Friday was International Podcast Day. And it's hard to say that without putting on some sort of tinfoil hat. But uh, basically, my day started at 7, and it ended around 11 o'clock in the the evening because I was working in Pittsburgh. And it was one of those where, hey, we're working till 8 o'clock at night. So there's already 13 hours. And they said, but dinner's being brought in. Well, you know, when dinner's being brought in for the work crowd, what is the number one food that everybody can stomach? You guessed it pizza. Now, I did my best to eat uh, the smallest piece I can find, but in the end, you know, that wasn't good. And I'm just, I wasn't getting as much sleep. All the things that I normally do, right, drink lots of water. I try to get 80 ounces a day. I try to avoid fast food. I try to get seven ounces, uh, seven ounces, seven hours of sleep a day and get 10,000 steps. Well, um, I ate pizza. I didn't drink enough water. I didn't get enough sleep. And, uh, yeah, so everything I was doing to make it work, when you quit doing it, it turns out, hey, what do you know? You get the opposite effect. You gain weight. And so uh, because I was kind of stressed out, there was a lot of stuff going on. Holy cow. A lot of uh, when you're doing things live in front of a group. And I, I was thinking about this. It really shouldn't have bothered me. I mean, I used to teach to 20 people a day. 
I was in front of a small group every day, so I'm not sure why this was kind of stressing me out. I guess because I'm still new at my company that I work for, wanted things to go right. But uh, I ended up eating too much of a good thing. And by that, I mean I have these these protein bars. Um, I remember one night I was kind of stressed out, and I, had, I went and bought a big bag of grapes. Normally, I would eat like a cup at a time, and I just ate a bag at a time. I ate the whole bag, which is probably, I don't know, a pound and a half, maybe two, right? Grapes are nature's candy, you know? Well, yeah, they're still calories, you idiot. And so I just, I had healthy things in the house, but those healthy things have calories too. And I'm also not exercising as much as I usually do. I usually get my 10,000 steps in, wasn't doing that. So my thought is, here again, I was kind of, in some cases, I think eating, looking back, because I was stressed out about stuff that was going to happen, didn't know what was going to happen. You know, we worry about the future, which is stupid, because we can't really do a whole lot about it. We can do the best we can to prepare for it, but in the end, not much you can do there. But here's my question. Something we should start doing is writing down how you feel afterwards. How do you feel after you eat that whatever? And so the one night I was out with my brother, who is a is a who is an official bad influence on me. And they went to Dairy Queen. Now, if you're a regular listener to the show, you know that is my one of my arch nemesis. And yes, I got the smallest blizzard I could. So I'm already eating too much of a good thing. Now I'm going to eat one of a bad thing. And again, are we shocked here that my weight went up? And, you know, it was, I'm not going to lie, it was good. I mean, I'm not here to say, oh, ice cream is awful. No, it's not awful. But what was awful was the way I felt afterwards. Not physically. It was just, there was a part of me that was like, you know, you made the wrong choice and this is going to come back to haunt you and it's going to take you a few days to work this off. And that doesn't mean I can never enjoy ice cream again in the future. Once I get down to my actual weight, you know, we're going to get into maintenance. But right now I'm still in the losing it mode. And so it was good. I was like, oh, this is so good. But it lasted very short. It did not last a long time because I was like, oh, my God. And I whooped that thing down. I don't know if I actually, I think it was like four bites, big giant, you know. So the feeling of, oh, wow, I haven't had one of these in so long was very quick. And the feeling of, oh, you know what? That was probably a bad decision. Well, no, probably about it. And so my question is, measure how you feel when you're doing something. But also take note of how you feel when you're done. Because that's what we need here is long-term uh, what's the word here? You you need long-term vision of what you're up against, what you're doing. And in the end, you I think you will find that that oh, feeling that only lasts this long, if you could put your fingers up like that, yeah, just nope, smaller, right? That, that, they're, it's only going to last that long. But when you do the right thing, so the other night, after knowing that I'd already had enough bad food and too much of the good stuff, I'm like, all right, time to get back on the trail here. And I go to the grocery store to buy a bunch of chicken, buy a bunch of vegetables, got it set, got some fruit, right? And I go through the checkout line and there it is, my arch nemesis, the Reese cup. And I said, no, I don't do that. You know, right? I've, I've talked about this before. And I just was like, no. And found the quickest checkout line to go through. Didn't need it. And I felt so good that I went through the checkout line and didn't get one of those. 
that's the thing. It's, it's that confidence that, yep, I pushed through and I did the right thing. And I've said, when you do the wrong things, when you do the wrong things, you're only practicing doing the wrong things. And when you do the right things, it gets easier. And this is a phrase, I don't know who told me this, but it makes so much sense because it's just so dang true. It's so dang true. And that is, everything is hard until it's not. Think about that. Everything is hard until it's not. One of my hobbies is playing the guitar. And when you first start playing the guitar, it's painful. You have these little dents in your fingers. You don't have any calluses on your fingers. And it just hurts. And when somebody goes to show you how to play an F chord, you're like, I got to do what? But eventually it becomes easy. Tying your shoes. Remember the first couple of times I was like, you do what with the, how do you, the rabbit goes through the hole and the who, the what? Everything is hard until it's easy. And so I will say now that I'm down 30 pounds and I'm down to these last like five to 10, it's not easy. But on the other hand, if I hadn't gained the experience of losing the first three, I wouldn't have been able to get down to these last five. And right now, I'm saying it's hard. But once I get these last few stubborn pounds off, I'll have gained something, some sort of knowledge that allowed me to get through it, that allowed me to push through it, that I'm going to go, oh, you know what, that wasn't that hard. It seems hard now, but on the other side of this, you're going to go, nope, all I had to do was this. Because you're going to find it. As long as you don't quit, you're going to find it. So... Again, what I want you to think about now is I've said in the past, when you are eating something, look at how you feel before you eat it, right? What's going on? Are you stressed? Are you bored? Whatever. Now I'm saying measure how you feel as you're eating it, as you're eating it, and then measure yourself right after you get done eating it. Because for me, that's when it hits me when I go, ah, that wasn't very smart. Probably shouldn't have done that. And I think if you measure those two feelings, if you can skip the quick, ah, and go for the, yeah, good good on you there, Dave, you'll choose that one. It just takes, you have to have long-term vision of how you really want to feel in the long term. Now, if you're new to the show, I'm a bit of a gadget freak, like me some gadgets, and uh, I've had a couple different versions of Fitbits. Now, Fitbit is basically a step tracker on steroids, and uh, went out and bought a Fitbit Blaze. Now, these are not the cheapest thing on the planet, and uh, but you can get one for 50 bucks, you can get one for 100 bucks. This one goes for about two. It's a, it's a watch slash... Uh, it, it tracks my steps. It tracks my heart rate. In fact, uh, right now, as I do this, my heart rate is 65 beats per minute. Isn't that exciting? But it does this new thing, and that is 
at uh, at ten till. You can tell it how many hours you want to say during these hours. I should be somewhat active. And so for me, I have that set from 8 to 5. And in reality, that should be more like 8 to 8. But what it does is it wants you to do 250 steps per hour. Not a lot. I mean, if you did that, let's say you were awake 10 hours a day. Uh, that would be 2,500 steps. Not really a huge chunk. But what this does, for me at least, is it lets me know at 10 till, so let's say it's you know 10 till 11 in the morning. If I've been on my butt the entire time, or if I have less than 250 steps, it'll kind of jingle my wrist and go, hey, you got 113 steps to go. And I will get up, I'll run down to my treadmill, I have the luxury of working from home, but if I wasn't working from home, I would walk around the office or something, because again, it's only going to take three minutes. But what I'm noticing is, by the time I get my 250 steps, I've driven my heart rate up a little bit. Now, I'm not busting a sweat, nothing crazy. But I wonder if just this act of of taking a quick three minute hike raises my blood pressure enough, so my blood pressure, my beats per minute, my heart rate, so that during the day, this up and down and up and down and up and down of my heart rate just helps me burn just a few more calories. So that's what's new with the uh, Fitbit Blaze. They're always coming out with. Uh, new units and different types of toys over at Fitbit. But the point I want to make here is you don't need a Fitbit to do this. You could go to your phone, if you have a smartphone, and you could go in and set an alarm to go off every 50 minutes. And just go through and, and get up and walk around. So I point this out. I think it's a cool thing. It also reminds me that, hey, silly, idiot, dude, person, you're supposed to be trying to lose weight. So it just helps me stay focused to have this little reminder. So I just want to say, hey, you don't have to have a smartwatch to do this. You don't have to have a Fitbit Blaze. Uh, these will do it. Some of their um, more pricier things will do this as well. But if you don't have the budget for that, realize you can do this without a Fitbit Blaze. Just put it into your phone to remind you. In fact, I was reading an article, and I was surprised at how... I mean, I know... It's funny now because they're almost to the point where when somebody comes out with some sort of other device, they're like, oh, what is that? Oh, it's a Fitbit. They're kind of like the Kleenex of different items now. But they say uh, Fitbit has established itself as an early market leader, capturing 61.7% of U.S. uh, installed base by communicating a clear and simple value proposition to consumers. Apple, as powerful as Apple is, accounts for 6.8%. Well, that's also because their watch is like you have to sell grandma to the gypsies to uh, be able to afford an Apple watch. Um, But it says fitness bands made by Fitbit, Garmin, and other uh, companies lack the range of features found in smartwatches, but they offer a simplicity that is apparently attractive to consumers. These things are super easy. Smartwatches may be more versatile, but many people don't see them as a must-have device yet. And uh, I'm with you on that. It's like... um, I don't know. I still kind of miss the days when I would do this thing on my phone called talking. Remember that? When you used to actually call somebody on the phone? Uh, Shipbits of Fitbits products worldwide rose to 21 million in 2005, up from 11 million in 2014. Market researcher IDC said in February, behind number one Fitbit was China's Zigzomi, X-I-A-O-M-I. 
and then Apple. So Fitbit is just tearing it up with uh, their products. And if you want more information about a Fitbit, check out LogicalLoss.com slash Fitbit, and you can see a uh, post I wrote about mine and uh, why I am a big fan. School of Podcasting. We're going to start off with some quick podcast success stories. Here again, podcasting is opening doors to people. You're connecting with your audience, so you're getting to know them a little better. Subscribe now at schoolofpodcasting.com. All right, last up, we're going to leave with a little fun one here from uh, BuzzFeed. And it says, um, 17 things that everyone has done secretly at the gym. Number one, eyed up someone in the gym while they worked out. So when you're looking at that going, that's a nice butt. Or maybe you're looking at that going, who knows? Number two, you've checked yourself out in the mirror and then taken a sly gym selfie. Now, I can say yes to number one. I have not taken a selfie in the gym mirror. But I can hope, right? Uh, number three, this is kind of gross. Not wipe down the machine after you used it. I can gladly say uh, I have always done that. So keep that in mind. Number four, told people at the gym you were going to eat a healthy meal but actually you've gone and eaten junk food. I have done that. I have done that. This is where you go, well, I've, you know, I spent 12 minutes on the treadmill. I can go get a Big Mac. No, no. We've talked about that. In the battle of exercise versus food, the food always wins. We talked about it. You have to exercise for like a half hour to get rid of a small fry. Number five, you've gotten completely distracted by what's on the TV to the point that you stopped working out. Oh, my gosh. Is Rachel and Ross going to get back together? I don't know. Number six, you've given something minimal effort when you were just specifically told by the trainer to go to your max. This one, never done. Never had a trainer. Number seven. Now, there have been times when I've been doing something and I'm like, you know what? I should be doing four and a half miles an hour on the treadmill, but uh, tonight we're doing three. We're doing two and a half. Right. We've all been there. We're going through the motions. Number seven, looked at the monitor of the person on the machine next to you to compare calories burned, whatever you're doing, um, resistance, speed. We've all glanced over and went, wait a minute. Uh, the 70 year old woman next to me is going faster than I am. I think we've done that. Uh, number eight, uh, then you compete with them. You're like, well, wait a minute. If grandma's doing 6.8 miles an hour, I can do seven or whatever it is. Uh, number nine, uh, only from BuzzFeed, you've passed wind and promptly evacuated the area in case other gym members smell it. So hoping that somebody else would walk in that you could blame, I guess. Number 10, walked into a gym class, realized you made a mistake, and then walked right back out. I don't know if I've ever done that. I've never done a spin class. I've never done anything at the gym in terms of classes. But maybe you have. If you have, you're not the only one. Number 11, use the stretching area to have a chat rather than a stretch. So you just sit down and you start talking. Oh, yeah, and so-and-so. How's their kid? Yeah, whatever. I didn't realize there was a stretching area. I just thought that was called the floor. Number 12, or you've used the stretching area to catch up on your notifications. Now, I've seen people do this. They're on the mat, and all of a sudden they get the phone out, and they're completely distracted. 
Number 13, you've taken a heavier weight just so you can seem as strong or stronger than the person next to you. This is that whole thing again where you see and they're like, wait a minute. Uh, wait, she, the little 14-year-old girl has a 30-pound weight and I'm doing 15? Right. Number 17, taking longer on a machine when you knew someone was waiting for it. I don't know that I've ever done that. In fact, I've done the opposite. I've tried to speed up. Number 15, you've convinced yourself you're exhausted from work just so you could go home when you actually just couldn't bear to finish the workout. You're like, oh, I'm so tired. You go home. You just didn't want to be there. Number 16, you've judged someone uh, in terms of their form or their workout routine. You're like, oh, man, they're not bending their knees enough or whatever. I don't know. I don't really pay it. I usually am watching a TV show. I'm listening to music. I usually don't pay that much attention. Last but not least, number 17, spent ages taking the perfect post-gym selfie so that you look like you glow rather than just look like a sweaty pig. I don't know. I've never, Again, I'm not for big pictures at the gym. Number one, I know a lot of places you're not allowed to take pictures because not every... I mean, people that are going to be... You know, you're there to work out. You're not there to have be... You don't want to photobomb somebody when you're all hot and sweaty and icky. That's no fun. So, but those are 17 things, courtesy of BuzzFeed, that uh, everybody does at least once at the gym. So, if um, if you're in an area and you smell a weird odor, it's the guy that just left. Just saying. So, want to say thanks to everybody who's been going out to LogicalLoss.com slash support. And go over there. You can shop via Amazon. If you're going to be buying anything at Amazon, pretty, 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 please go to LogicalLoss.com slash Amazon and shop away. It doesn't cost you an extra dime. And we get a small finder's fee. And the other thing you can do to help support the show, go over to LogicalLoss.com slash iTunes and subscribe. Here's the cool thing about that. Number one, you don't have to wait for the episode. The minute I put this out, boom, it's on your phone or your tablet or your iPad or your desktop, whatever. You don't have to wait for iTunes to update uh, so you can see the listing and click on it. It's just there. Boom. Subscribe. And if you're not sure how to subscribe, go to LearnToSubscribe.com. That's LearnToSubscribe.com. You can learn how to do it. And then uh, just search for these Logical Weight Loss Podcast, and you can uh, have this stuff come to you as soon as it is put out. So thanks to all the supporters. Thanks to all the subscribers. And don't forget, let's leave you with my favorite Julian Michaels quote, which is, why are you choosing failure when success is still an option? I will see you next week. I will be down, definitely. I'm truly focused on what I'm doing, and I'll be happy to report back to you. So thanks so much for tuning in. We'll see you again real soon with another episode of the Logical Weight Loss Podcast. Well, I hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Logical Weight Loss Podcast. If you're listening to this on a website, please consider subscribing to us for free in iTunes by going to LogicalLoss.com forward slash iTunes. You can contact me via email by sending an email to Dave at LogicalLoss.com or call in your comments toll free, 888-563-3228. You can sign up for our free newsletter and participate in our forums at our website, which is LogicalLoss.com. Our theme music is courtesy of SkinnySongs.com. Thanks again for listening. You know, they say knowledge is power. Knowledge is only power when it's acted upon. You can do this. Live right. Lose weight. Live long. I just want to be thin. I don't deny it thin. I want to try it thin. But I 
can't buy it. Guess I'll have to do the diet then. Won't tell you lies. 